Yes, hello. I am James Rowland, and today it's the Dubbing Art 322. It's WWE TLC 2020. Joined once again by Jaxie Scarlett. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. And you? I'm all good. I'm all good. So, of course, the last time you Thanks. joined us was uh, Survivor Series. What's your thoughts on WWE since then? Um, so, it's, it's been quite up and down, hasn't it, really? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I've been kind of content with what they're producing but i mean we'll get there i'm sure you'll hear my opinion soon <laughs> yeah. uh, so what we talk about tlc today what was your excitement levels leading into this event um i mean i i think they were kind of 50 50 really knowing this was the uh last pay-per-view of the year i was kind of expecting um dramatics i was i was kind of maybe expecting uh some returns um, and whatnot, but I was also a little bit sceptic to uh, in terms of storyline telling and storytelling. So, uh, but I think if you look at this card, the way I was looking at it, it was the fact is that every match on on there kind of had a little bit of build to it. It wasn't just put on there for no reason apart from the kickoff match. I think yeah, that, you know, sure. I think every paper you listen to with WWE is kind of match. You think how did that get on the main street? Like like Elias versus Jeff Hardy were a match like that. I think yeah. with the TLC, we've not really seen that. Yeah, definitely. They've uh, they they've definitely kind of kept to more storytelling um, on this pay per view than um, most of the uh, the other shows this year. I think we had that. I think at least a little bit of excitement. But we start off, and of course, December twentieth, twenty twenty. What better way to kick off than with kickoff? We have Charlie Caruso, Double J, Jeff Jack. That's J E Double F J A Double R E. Double T, Booker T, and Pete Rosenberg. And one of these things that I thought is that twenty years ago. Booker T and Jeff Jarrett were fighting over the WWE World Title 20 years later on the kickoff panel talking about the pay-per-view. And again, it's just weird what, what happens in history. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we see MVP backstage on a promo. Uh, he talks about the New Day being the best tag team ever, 10-time tag team champions. But he says every New Day must end in night. And the only new thing people will be talking about is new tag team champions. We then see Miz joining the panel with Morrison. They're a team and will cash in when the moment comes. Miz is, of course, full of um, commentary. Uh, it could be tonight and no one is safe and they will cash it in. And Miz has said when they cash it in, he's guaranteed to become WWE champion. Uh, we then get questions about Oscar's partner. And, of course, our truth joins the panel to offer his services to Oscar. He is a 45-time champion. And he does speak Japanese as well. Uh, but Oscar will put that into consideration, I guess. And then we go to Graves and Cole to start the action. Our first match is eight-man tag team action. It's Brian, Otis, Gable, Big E versus Corbin, Cesare, Naka and Zayn. And how did we get here? Well, WWE loves multi-man matches. It's a chance to fill the cards. But out of these eight, who do you think has got the most upside? There's a lot of talent involved, this kickoff opener. I mean, there really was, uh, especially on on sort of the face side of the team. I really enjoyed the fact of being able to see uh, Big E and Daniel Bryan um, both on the kickoff show. It was really nice to see DB. We've not seen him in a while, um, but I was more excited considering uh, the build up beforehand for any of this, even though there wasn't any connection between the match itself we we still had that underlying fact of Sami Zayn and Big E so I was really excited to kind of see what Big E was going to bring to this match I think about that we've seen him with Sami Zayn in recent times on uh, Smackdown and the thing is you know with Nakamura Cesaro 
I mean, these are two guys who are extremely talented, but I think I was hearing rumours that Cesare's contract's running out maybe in May 2021. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the rumours going around that it's coming up soon, and Nakamura's not been a lot of talk. Do you think these two guys might run down their contracts? I know they always say the grass is greener elsewhere, and a lot of people in AEW would love to have Cesare, but would you think that would happen down the road? Yeah, um, so this is quite a shock for me. but come to think of it, to be honest, uh, I've been a huge Nakamura and a Cesaro fan on uh, separate occasions, not even when they're together, uh, when they've had like their singles runs. And I've been deeply disappointed, really, just kind of the route that WWE have taken with them. They've never really kind of taken off with either of them. Even when Shinsuke was back in the picture going up against AJ Styles, um, you know, I, I again, with uh, going back a few episodes, I think me and you discussed about how I feel like WWE let down uh, Oscar's real run when she had that undis- uh, uh, undis- un- un- she was unrivaled and she uh, she had that streak going and then it ended at WrestleMania with uh, Charlotte. I-, I feel exactly the same with Nakamura and AJ Styles. I feel like uh, his run or his push uh, just stopped there. And I was really disappointed because both of them have really... Uh, great potential to be to be so great uh in singles runs so i'm kind of now eager or excited to think about whether or not they'd actually consider re-signing or whether or not they'd consider going somewhere else or whether or not anywhere else would actually you know show interest well the thing is with new japan with nakamura coming back there i think it would be so comfortable for him but like you said that wrestlemania in itself was just so disappointing on, on so many different levels uh yeah. you know with nakamura losing to aj when they could have just you know pulled the trigger with that and the same thing with oscar and charlotte as well without a doubt but this is what i was thinking even when cesaro was coming out it was i mean how many different entrance gear and music and looks has cesaro had i mean he's had that kind of same base wrestler look but whether it yeah. be like headphones or you know a towel around his neck or remember when he used to come out just as james bond and take that off and it's just he's yeah, never found yeah. the right character yeah, he's just I I just don't feel like he's he's been given the right kind of push and I feel like it's always I feel like his characters have always been chosen down by creative rather than maybe Cesaro himself. I think he's just really been restrained in what he's been able to show off or what he can do and I think that's really held him back because he's got so much potential to be sort of in the main event picture just as much right as Drew McIntyre is in in the picture you know Um, but I, I just feel like for some reason I don't feel like Vince believes in him as much as his fa- as the fans do. I think about that and I think the difference between like Cesaro and Nakamura is Nakamura had the character there that was working, especially in NXT, you know, the kind of superstar that he was. And like I said, they dropped the ball with him. So it's two different cases of them kind of mucking up a wrestler. But again, I'm sort of be negative about WWE because like we've got uh, Big E and Daniel Bryan. Like I said, hopefully Big E can have the next big push and Bryan's, you know. Yeah, like the match itself was amazing on on all all four sides, to be honest. So I I I didn't ha- I I don't want it to seem like we were bashing really down on the wrestlers per se. It's more about like you know just the case of where they are, where they probably could be in in the eyes of us, the viewers. So um, but yeah, ultimately the match itself I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was. So let's get on to the action. What happened there? Well, Gable and Zayn started off in the ring. Both men immediately tagged out, so Biggie and Corbin could square off. Um, Corbin, um, 
his outfit now he's gone completely into kind of this completely different it is like the corbin from nxt compared to corbin now will be shaking this head you know (laughs) yeah i i mean i i really um i did question why he's why he thought it would be good to do a half and half trouser leg but i couldn't it 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 really irritated me (laughs) his ring i didn't like it it's just he's just so i don't want to say soft but like because apparently again the wrestlers really like working with corbin because he's he's really kind of nice and you know soft so to speak um and you think maybe like instinct would have made that character work a little bit but again if he's happy being that kind of mid-card hill who is never going to be you know a world champion but might be fighting for the intercontinental maybe he's you know kind of happy with that i kind of don't feel like he's really been happy Mm -hmm. for the you know how long has it been now that he's been declaring himself king when are we going to get over this uh that this uh idea of how every person that rings the king of the ring has to actually act like king and be called king and have a crown and things like that because of i just feel like you know sometimes it worked but it doesn't have to be every time like you know like so when you look back at king booker like that whole stick worked it it worked really well i'm not even saying that baron corbin's not doing a good job with it but i I want them to give him something else because i want to like baron uh, you know, especially when he was going against the the Mysterios a couple of weeks back, he he was chatting some real truth, and it, it it was funny, you know, like he he could be a likable guy at at certain points as well, and I feel like he could he does deserve a change up, but this whole King stick is just old now. I'm I'm over it. I think without a doubt, and you can even see it, like I said, with the, the way he's wrestling. But him and Biggie did uh, lock up and fought for control. Had successful takedown each before Gable and Cesaro came in. The match progressed with a quick pace as both teams cycled everyone in and out of the ring. Cesaro and Brian had a nice exchange when the ring together. The S-Man ended up spending more time in the ring the moment after the Hills kept him isolated for a while. Otis got the hot tag and started bulldozing over Nakamura. Then we see the obligatory sequence where everyone traded takedowns. Zane, who was hiding, got the tag, but uh, so did Gable to Big E, who countered Zane's halluva kick for finishing off with a big ending for the win so what were your thoughts on that match yeah it was just kind of a really fun way to kind of start the kickoff show and start tlc in general to be honest like it's really uplifting to see big e being given that push because he he pinned sammy and you know anyone who's seen any of the advertisements since then have um now can see that he's got a championship opportunity and this is exactly the type of push that wwe are doing well with you know this is exactly kind of like the right kind of creative the right kind of writing uh to build up a singles character it's unfortunate that it's any sort of being like kind of focused more on other uh wrestlers rather than sort of um a plethora of them however i'm really deeply happy with where things are leading with big e he deserves this push more than anyone yeah and i just hope it means more than again not I love the Intercontinental Championship. I think Sami Zayn's a great character, but I want more for Big E. There's no point splitting up the New Day just for a nice title run. There needs to be a kind of bigger goal ahead. There's got to be a payoff to it. Yeah, it's like starting there. I'd like to see him like sort of work his way up towards, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I I really kind of wouldn't mind uh, seeing sort of Big E go, go for a main championship at WrestleMania. I don't know if Vince would actually stick with that but i mean this could be a potential upside in 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 him seeing 
is potential. To- I think without doubt. Well, the fourth is a very standard match, but with the talent involved, this could have maybe been a little bit better. But I'm going to give it a three out of five. What's your score out of five? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it like a three out of five as well. I think it's pretty standard. Prediction-wise, well, Brandon Scans has been avoiding us since Head in the Cell. Now, I don't like to toot my own horn too much, but since my co-host left, I've been challenging people for predictions. And uh, Head in the Cell, I did lose that event to three other guys. I have hunted them down and beaten them since then. But uh, Brandon Scans was the one that's been avoiding me. It looked like he was hiding. For... So fair play to him for his predictions. He went in the first match for the face team, so did I. So it's one all there. Uh, we didn't do a poll for that one, but the main show begins. We get the opening promo. Uh, personally, I don't mind TLC as a pay-per-view. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I, I don't mind it either. However, I don't feel like every other match needs to kind of be that. It, it kind of feels more... Um, I don't know. I feel like they could get more creative with it maybe you know some have a a chair match or some have a table match and not just kind of have it sort of like always have to be just completely tlc however i feel like ultimately this pay-per-view worked in my opinion is is nothing but positive notes in that front um and i don't mind it as a pay-per-view itself i think there's other ones that probably could uh be replaced yeah, but I that's think for a whole yeah. other conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think with TLC, like I said, if they, if they do it right, and of course we started off the show uh, with a TLC match, we knew we had another one. So a bit like Hell in a Cell, you don't want to kind of be yeah. overloaded with these. But like I said, I think it worked yeah. out in the end. Um, we see uh, the standard start, a long gone on the days of like an innovative beginning. But I think the card sells itself. The set is the best they can do. What are your thoughts on Thunderdome? I mean, we've had it now for a little while. Is it is it better than nothing, or is it actually an improvement in some way? I mean, I think it definitely looks better than sort of just nothing actually being there. I mean, when you compare what uh, the WWE are in terms of their arena compared to that of AEW, you know, they're outside, so they do have the option of being able to have uh, fans, some fans in the stands again. Um, so I think that they're doing the best with what they they've got. Uh, however, I don't know if it's something that could like continuously work for like a second year yeah i think you're trying to change it up a little bit and there's, there's talk maybe the rumble will be a little bit of a, a reset in january so it'll be interesting to see what they do yeah, there yeah. but like like i said we started off with uh drew versus aj and how did we get here well we start the main card with a w title match aj won his chance to challenge drew and um put mcintyre through a table with a help from omos and recently teaming up the miz and morrison the odds were stacked up against the champion what are your thoughts on McIntyre as a champion and the story going into this match? Um, so I, I really, I'm really enjoying Drew's run as champion. I kind of like the fact that he kind of lost it and re-won it again. It shows that he's a working uh, wrestler that works hard to, uh, you know, keep what is his um, and prove that he is on top. Um, so I, I going into this match, I was kind of eager to see it because AJ is a phenomenal wrestler without a doubt. And he... You know, he could he could win that championship and everyone still be on his side, even though he's supposed to be, you know, a, a heel in, in this particular match. Um, but at the same time, I was always rooting for Drew. I think without doubt, I think Drew has had a fantastic 2020. And AJ's one of those guys that can have good matches with anybody. Uh, and I think the problem, my problem, only problem is AJ Styles. 
is that he should have been WWE five or ten years before he actually was because the amount of matches, classic matches that he could have had, but that's only from a selfish point of view. I mean, the stuff he did in TNA is fantastic, but I just I wish he was longer, you know? Yeah, I, I understand that. Well, but if we look back at the history, you know, TLC 2016, AJ Styles beat Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship in a TLC match. In 2017, lost to Finn Balor in a classic encounter. And in 2018, McIntyre lost to Balor. AJ lost to Brian for the WWE Championship. Both men had nothing in 2019. These two were meeting for the first time. Um, and we wondered how this would go. And one of the things at the start, McIntyre kicked his kilt. And it hit AJ and held it anyway, but just like throwing it away. But I thought that was quite a nice little touch. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit at that. I didn't see that coming, so that really chuckled me. Yeah, AJ could have been like, what? But he, he went with it, yeah. which is fair enough. Uh, yeah. Referee referee called for the bell, and AJ immediately went for a low drop kick to take out Drew McIntyre. unloaded on him until he tried to suplex, and the title holder reversed it to deliver a huge slam. The W champion began to decimate Styles by using his significant size and power advantage. The top to AJ Styles to the floor sounded absolutely brutal. And I think that's one thing, because of maybe no crowd, you can hear how hard the chops actually are now. Yeah, yeah, that is one thing that I, I do enjoy more about it. It feels like everything's more heightened in terms of being able to hear uh, not only the, the slaps and, and the hits that they're being that are being taken, but, not, uh, but also the falls. And it actually it comes across a lot more dangerous and uh, and a lot more exciting. I think without a doubt, the phenomenal one avoided a suplex through a table, but his rival was able to drop him on the barricade. He grabs the land and tries to set it up in the middle of the ring, but as he climbed up to get the title, Styles hit him in the legs with a chair to bring him back down. McIntyre slingshot him onto the ladder, but AJ caught himself, but didn't block the shing- slingshot into a chair that was wedged into a corner. Um, that always looks good, and especially with AJ just going flying into the chair in the corner. Really cool spot. Yeah. Uh, the challenger attempted to hit a Styles clash on the ladder, but McIntyre countered into a future shot DDT, and then picked up the ladder and hit Styles with it, but didn't get all of it. The final went back to the knee that brought him down with a chop block. He pulled McIntyre's leg through the ladder to apply a brutal calf crusher. And I mean, the selling was on point in this matchup. I mean, there's one thing about, you know, McIntyre, People talk about, oh, he's a big man, but the way he was selling that leg, it looked like he had a legitimate injury after a while. Honestly, I I really did wonder whether or not he was going to be able to carry on or whether or not this match was going to get cut short. Uh, that, and that's, you know, that just tells the story of these two guys. He also used a chair length today, Jay, to hold uh, the more painful submission in a few moments later and kept focusing on McIntyre's legs they fought out the ring Styles rammed the ladder into the champion's face before he cleared off a table he tried to springboard out the ring but McIntyre threw a chair into his face again another cool spot because you're going oh what's AJ going to try here it's going to look quite cool then McIntyre just hits him square in the f- and uh, AJ yeah. goes flying that, out that when he favoured his legs, he brought the table to the ring. The Scottish warrior threw Styles into a ladder with a belly to belly. And there was a great slow motion replay where you just see AJ hitting the steel and then just kind of bouncing off into pain. Yeah, that was quite a great moment that they they managed to capture and slow down. That's one thing about, you know, talk about modern technology, to be able to, you know, proper slow down the bump to just see how much pain then. We see uh, AJ recovering and drilling uh, McIntyre with a phenomenal forearm. He set up another ladder and began to climb. McIntyre pulled him off it low and in a gorilla press threw him through the table at ringside. And it reminded me just like the good old TLC matches of old, you know? 
yeah that definitely it kind of reminded me of you know kind of how uh the hardy boys edge and christian and the dudleys would make use of of things uh, of items and, it, and the yeah. whole it wasn't just kind of kept in the ring it was everywhere I remember Christian, you know, getting pushed off the ladder, just holding on and going, well, this is me done now. And, and it's exactly the same with kind of AJ as well. But then the Miz and John Morrison interfered and put the champion through a table. Morrison cashed in the Money in the Bank contract and turned the contest into a triple threat match. The Miz began to climb the ladder with a smile on his face. But then Omos came to the ring. And that was quite a funny moment because I'm thinking, oh, the Miz has got this now. All of a sudden, he yeah. can't quite get up. He looks around and I with the kind of hands on his uh, trunks he pulled him down and then jocked him through another table which I thought was quite funny yeah well I mean I think I think a lot of people knew that or or potentially presumed that the Miz was going to cash in um but the way that he just immediately you know just uh tried to climb up the ladder we all knew that uh, almost was going to come in sooner or later and that was kind of him having his moment to shine just kind of grabbing the Miz like and cradling him like he's a baby and then just kind of <laughs> chucking him straight into the table that that's just sort of a a moment that you'll never get back and then immediately straight after seeing John Morrison get in the ring with that chair and the way that the chair ricocheted off of almost it was I'm not sure if if that can be faked or not in terms of the way that the chair just broke apart well, I was saying it was, a, it was a great effect and made him look like a monster, especially when he pulls it. You know, the, the chair's apart and he just looks around yeah. like a fly's landed on him. When are we going to get to see this man in the ring? Seriously. Well, I almost pursued um, Morrison up the ramp to the back and then all three men began to stir, but Styles got to his feet first. He and McIntyre climbed opposite sides of the ladder and began to fight. They missed up a second ladder next to him and climbed it. And there was a great exchanges towards the end, but all three almost grabbing us out at different points. And after real several close calls, you know. Yeah, real near, near misses. Because at one point, the Miz had his hand. You're thinking, oh, no, that, that's it done. And then all of a sudden, I just felt the timing worked perfectly. Rather than, you know, when sometimes you just wait and you're going, wait, wait till my spot comes or wait till this guy interferes. It definitely made it made uh, towards the end. It made you question: Wait, is is the Miz really going to win this? Especially with his sort of um, promo on the kickoff, just sort of stating, you know, how how confident he was after winning Money in the Bank before, like years ago, and and being able to cash it in successfully. You just kind of start to think at that moment: Oh wait, is, is there going to be a title change? I think we're out there. We see a nice springboard by AJ go on the ladder at that point I'm thinking oh it's AJ's time because I've seen this before but Drew managing to puff, push both men off and uh, hit the claymore to the Miz to and then go up and get the belt for the victory I mean what are your thoughts on that what a match it was it was it was really crazy and I think things really kicked uh, kicked off to sort of like a 10 come uh, come when the Miz decided to cash himself in um, I really enjoyed this match I thought it was a really great way to sh- uh, start off TLC as a pay-per-view um, and it came as a shock as I, I did not think that that would be the sort of first show to be kicking it off um, but I definitely enjoyed it and I'm very happy that Drew McIntyre retained I think without doubt like I said everything delivered and the added drama of the outside interference actually added to the match rather than taking it away and towards the end again last second you didn't know who was going to be champion and I think when it does that I think it's working brilliantly you know yeah 
Um, so what was your score out of five for that match? Uh, my score out of five for that was a 4.5. Yeah, I'm going to go four and a quarter with that one. Uh, just, it was a, it was an excellent, excellent match. There's, there's no yeah. way, but to start off the show with that, and you're thinking, oh, now the rest of the car's got to try and um, follow that. Um, yeah, I honestly was thinking that myself, to be honest. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? You know, you start with a TLC with AJ and McIntyre, never meeting before. And the chemistry that they had worked really, really well. Uh, but what's yeah. the point in, in Money in the Bank then? You know, the Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, neither. I mean, I know Oscar became champion, but technically she didn't cash it in. We've had Otis where the, the idea was horrible. They gave it to the Miz. Uh, is there a point doing a Money in the Bank next year if they just don't care about it anymore? I mean, to be honest, unless they're going to actually work hard on creating storylines around the money in the bank I don't and I don't know if there is much point in it because as you rightly said it it kind of didn't manage to work this time when it came to Oscar and the Becky situation you can kind of understand from that point of view as to why they had to sort of come up with a a quick storyline um uh to divert it however everything to do with uh Otis winning it uh from Vince's like real interest in him to just how quick and cold he went off of him is very off-putting and it actually reflects onto the um uh, how important the, the the briefcase actually is as well to the audience so in my opinion unless they're not going to be working on sort of year-long storylines that involve the money in the bank and that's going to work well I'm not sure it really needs to be a a, a, a pay-per-view but we were talking about this earlier with the Royal Rumble, you know, with Nakamura and Oscar won and neither of them became successful at WrestleMania. You're thinking, well, what's the point of the match then? You know, anybody can be a number one contender. The whole point of winning a Rumble, winning the Money in the Bank is that it's an easily told story, you know? Yeah. And also just kind of sort of like that underdog storyline where they, they, they eventually, uh, you know, come out on top and you have the perfect storylines currently going with both Nakamura and Asuka and you had them both win the Royal Rumble just to then squash them both, in my opinion, come WrestleMania. It made no sense to me. And one of the ideas that I had, and I don't know why they don't do it, in the King of the Ring, and not in the King of the Ring of type of, you know, Corbin winning it and calling himself the King for two and a half years. But the fact yeah. is, I think they did it in the final event in June. You have the King of the Ring and the winner will get a WWE title shot, a Universal Championship at SummerSlam. And then you've got yeah. two, months of, two months of build then. You can you can build your guy up already and then face the champion at some Sam and you can make it in a kind yeah. of you know the summer Royal Rumble. Like used to be it, but that that's not really how 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 King of the Ring works anymore, and that's why I don't kind. It's just questionable as to whether or not it should it should really just still continue on. Yeah, I mean this is a problem when it comes to gimmick matches. But anyway, prediction wise, um, we went Drew McIntyre, Brandon went AJ Styles, so the WNR. Is 2-1 up. I was quite surprised you went AJ in that one, but hey. Uh, Poles, McIntyre got 79%. And Chris Smirker uh, said, I picked Drew, then AJ will beat down Drew, and the Miz will cash in. Well, the Miz did cash in, but unfortunately, uh, well, luckily for us even, McIntyre walked out as champion. We then yeah. see Kayla Braxton with Heyman. Owens would win the title, die trying, what he says. And Paul says his fault is NASCAR because he likes the crashes. But this is dangerous enough. Owens will be hurt by the tribal chief. We then move on to match three, which is the women's championship. How did we get here? Well, Carmella made a return after months away and targeted the boss. We should be drinking bubbly at the end of the night. Uh, it's not a bad build, but uh, is, Cam- is Carmella a serious threat? And what have you thought of the build up to this? 
So the build-up itself has been quite disappointing. There's not been enough time for for uh, us as the WWE audience to really. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to insult Car- Carmella here, but but um, it, it it was hard for us to really believe Sasha going to be losing the title or could potentially lose the title with as little time they had to build a, a complete storyline around. And Mella's return, um, and so I think this was the issue. If it was, if it wasn't for the fact that she'd been away for a while and she'd only just returned, um, there would have been enough time to do a lot more build up to where this could have been, um, you know, seen as you know even a potential main event contender. Um, however, uh, you know, with when it came to the storyline, I wasn't too impressed when it came to it. But I was still eager to see, you know, uh, what what both women were going to do in this match and how things were going to go. Yeah, uh, and I think with Carmella, she had one of the most annoying characters that they had uh, alongside, of course, Big Cass and He Shall Not Be Named. And and, and the fact is that oh. they had to kind of repackage her. And when, you know, they gave her the title last time, you know, beating someone like Oscar and Charlotte, which they brought up, in yeah. thinking they, they did that. But again, it's potential you move on and... Uh, uh, I didn't mind the, the build-up. It wasn't bad, you know, we, like I said, with the uh, champagne to the back. But we got onto the match, and as soon as the referee called for the bell, Carmella rolled out the ring, uh, basically took her time. Sasha Banks took control, scored a quick two count. The boss threw the challenger out the ring, but Reginald uh, Mellis Sommier caught her. He tossed her at Banks so she could hit a hurricane run on the floor. She ran Banks into the steps and brought her back in for a near fall. That was good timing, even though I thought Carmella was going to break her neck when she first went through the ropes. Yeah, definitely. It it was definitely a near miss. It it was one that you had to really kind of look look back at again and just think to yourself, did she really injure herself then? Yeah. Well, you have to have a good enough catch, but Mella then took over and grounded Banks in the chin lock. She broke free and hit uh, Mitora for two. Carmella dropped on the apron and the boss fell hard to the floor. The princess of Saturn Island pulled her up mission while verbally berating her and once again Banks escaped meant to build some momentum with the three amigos she followed up with a fog splash for a close two count uh, there was a really nice exchange and Camilla hit a huge face buster off a tilt well but failed to keep the title holder down for a pin I think that's what I was most impressed in the matchup, mm. the way they t- and I was like, "Well, well done, Carmen." Not patronising, but <laughs> you know, like, well, well, no, no, well it, it just goes to, um, we've not seen her in uh, actually wrestling in a while because I was very impressed with kind of uh, not only uh, Carmella's momentum, but uh, you know, like I felt I felt like she had changed things up, so we were seeing a new, different Mella in the in the ring. I think without a doubt, she then used the five count fully to apply some illegal holes to the rope. She drilled Banks with a super kick, but the champ grabbed the bottom rope to break the count. They traded pinning combinations until Mello applied the code to silence. She transitioned to a double chicken wing, but had to release when Banks rolled over into a cover. The boss locked her into a bank state, but pulled Mello out of the ring. Banks took him out with a meteor for the apron, which allowed Carmella to hit her with a pair of super kicks for a close two count. The champ counted into a bank statement one more time to get the submission victory and retain her title. What are your thoughts on that match? Well, firstly, I'd like to say that that was probably Mella's best match to date. And I was really impressed with um, everything that she came out with. Um, but secondly, I was super happy to see uh, Sasha retain the championship. As everyone's been kind of rightly saying, she she usually ends up having short 
reigns with her titles. Um, so I was really pleased to see that she's retained this time around. One of these thoughts I had, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but you know how certain commentators uh, are associated with certain wrestlers, so like always with JR and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Tony Schiavone with Sting. Michael Cole yeah. loves the Michael Cole absolutely loves the boss. Every time yeah. Sasha Banks comes out, Michael Cole is on it. And I don't know if he's yeah. kind of been told yeah. to do it or if he's just a huge fan, but you can just tell there's love there, can't you? You, just, you really can feel the enthusiasm coming from him, even though you can't actually see him commentating. Because it's just the amount, I mean, and you can do a drinking game every time he mentions the boss. I mean, you would yeah. be absolutely <laughs> sorted by the end of it. <laughs> Try that next time. <laughs> um, right. But the question is, who's next for Sasha Banks then? I mean, Carmella put up a good fight. Uh, but obviously, who would you want to see next? It's really it's really tough to say, to be honest, because right now, um, when it comes to sort of the other women on the SmackDown roster, you've got uh, Bianca Belair, um, who's sort of building herself up. But I, I, I also kind of don't want to see her rushed into a title picture because I, I do think Bianca Belair is a potential uh, person who could go to WrestleMania with this. You know, um, I, I'd. I was actually um, a bit shocked because of she was MVP for for Royal Rumble last year, and I would have loved to have seen her and uh, Shayna have sort of squared off for that uh, that position. Um, unfortunately, Charlotte Flair won it, of course. Um, but that being said, I do want to see her in the title picture, but I don't want to see her get uh, pushed down just yet. I don't want it to go too fast, just like what we've seen with Mella, um, because I don't really want to see sort of like another pay-per-view where she's defending against Carmella again I think that needs to sort of change they need to change that up um instead of having repeated matches on like two or two or three pay-per-views in a row um so yeah I'm really not sure who they could potentially bring in because there's not really been any building of any woman uh, any other woman as of yet on Smackdown that I can think of that would be a a credible threat i mean who who would you suggest well is it like you said it's a difficult one i mean maybe you'd have a multi-match match but the question is is like who have they got in mind for mania as well so do they kind of work back from that i think the thing is when you've got sasha banks who is such a strong champion you can put your bianca belairs you can put your certain other wrestlers in there and i think she will deliver I think the only thing that I don't want to see is, like you said, an instant rematch or a series of matches with Carmella because I think she she showed there this is what she can do, but she'll need time to come back round again. Have her have her sort of rebuild herself back up and sort of dominate some of the other women um, within like other matches and get her in other feuds for the moment. Make her come across as if you know that was just a fluke and she could potentially uh, take that title the next time she gets that yeah. shot. You know. Um, yeah, so hopefully, the, hopefully they they don't sort of run this to the ground with her. No, without a doubt, because the character's there, so they can they can rebuild her. Um, but out of five for the score, I'm gonna give that a four out of five because the women in that matchup and when Carmella's involved, I've had some bad experiences with her in the past, but this was a really good match. So four out of five for me. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four point five because it was one of my favourites. Uh, well, prediction-wise, Brandon went Carmella. Oh. So that, yeah, I know. I don't know what happened. I didn't force him into this. This is his own predictions. Um, we of course oh. went, we went Sasha Banks. Uh, so it's three-one to the W and R at the moment. Um, poll-wise, 70- yeah, well, basically, poll-wise, seventy-nine percent 
to Sasha Banks. Uh, and then we see Billy Kay handing her resume to Oscar. She can also speak Japanese, much like our truth earlier, and has her own mask. But Oscar says the position has been filled. And then we get a word with the New Day. They are big match players and New Day rocks. And of course, that leads to match four. Our Raw tag team titles on the line. How do we get it? Well, since the New Day have been on Raw, they have business. Uh, what are your thoughts on this feud, Hurt Business and New Day? Um, I mean, I've I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed seeing, um, you know, every single member of the New Day sort of being given a a, a push of sorts. Um, you know, I feel like they've all, they all deserve it. Um, and you know, you you just can never go wrong with the New Day, can you? And especially having Xavier Woods back, it's just even more exciting as potential matches. I love the New Day because it shows how organic something can be because they came together and everybody knows the stories you know they were good guys getting booed but it was the kind of just having their own idea what they wanted to accomplish even if they weren't put in a position in the card and then WWE had no choice but to use them and I think a lot of other wrestlers can have a look at this and go if we come up with a character if we come up with an idea and we back it 100% then they're going to have to use us you know yeah but with the Hurt Business I think they've been going uh, since Cedric Alexander's kind of uh, joined the team, I think it's uh, been really working out, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's been really pleasant to see uh, from where Cedric Alexander has has begun with the hurt business, and just you know, as we're about to, as you're about to explain throughout the match, just you know where he's gotten to at this moment. Yeah, and what I loved about MVP's kind of promo on the kickoff, and even what he's been saying before saying about these guys have been great they are great you know alexander great cruiserweight champion they just need to kind of rediscover it and that's the kind of thing he's been saying about benjamin about lashley and about the group which i think hurt business is a little bit different to other groups because they're saying like we can yeah as in like we rebuild these guys and make them stars that they are you know yeah they're doing it the right way this time yeah well hopefully so let's get on to the action and we get kofi kingston and the match the hurt business member ran into a super kick to give the new day man a quick two count Xavier was tagged in and hit a huge diving leg drop for another near fall looking like they were going to try and finish the action early uh benjamin reached for tag as he watched the new day take turns beating up his partner benjamin saved him for a pin and alexander was able to make the tag the goal stands and unleashed a couple of textbook suplexes on woods while mvp helped alexander at ringside can i just say how great does shelton benjamin look you know he really does i i'm i'm just as impressed with him and as i think i've explained before um you know back when shelton benjamin was with charlie haas um uh, as part of team angle he was great back then and i just don't see a difference in his performance he's just if anything he's just gotten a bit more exciting especially joining the hurt business honestly it's incredible when you're seeing it uh, but then we see the New Day take control and Woods hit a tornado DDT to Benjamin, the former United States champion, hit a knee to the face and sent Woods out of the ring and enrolled him back in for a two count. The Hurt Business used quick tags to cut the ring in half. Woods eventually made the tag and Kingston came in hot with a springboard drop kick. Uh, Benjamin impressed the count to boom drop by popping up and catching Kingston in the air. But the former W champion managed to keep the upper hand. That was a great sequence as well between the two. It really was. He then took out both opponents and set up a trouble in paradise. Alexander dodged it and nailed him with a jumping knee followed by a brain buster. Woods barely managed to break up the pin and took him out so they could focus on the one man. Kingston rallied, but Benjamin brought him down from the top right with a superplex. And then Alexander got the blind tag in, hit the lumbar check for the pin, 
to win the Raw titles. I mean, Benjamin wasn't happy, but a huge win and pin for Cedric to pin a former W champion and become tag team champions himself. What were your thoughts on that match? I mean, it was definitely one of the highlights of the night as well. I mean, for me, I was kind of 50-50 on who I wanted to win because I love both teams so much. Um, and I just am enjoying the push that Hurt Business are getting. So I kind of wasn't too mad, especially with having Cedric Alexander, uh, as you rightly said, you know, pin, pin a former champion. Um and it was just overall exciting, in my opinion. I don't feel like this affects New Day um, in, in terms of, you know, their their credibility or anything. And I just think overall this, ma- th- this match was greatly done and well put together. New Day, you could put them in with any tag team and they would deliver a great match. I, I think there's something just special about them. I think we're going to look back in 10 or 20 years time and put the New Day up or even above some of the greatest tag teams of all time. It's just, it's the okay. connection, it's the chemistry, it's it's just perfect what they do. And like I said, they will become tag team champions again and we will be celebrating at some point. One thing I don't yeah. want to happen straight away, I don't mind Benjamin and Cedric having a little bit of trouble, but please can we build up a stable and a team up? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because at all times, you know, we've seen it with an issue with Heavy Machine or anybody else. They just split a team mm-hmm. up because they think it's a good idea. Uh, the Iconics is probably the worst choice of them doing worst it this decision, year. decision that they could well, have ever done. As much as I, I must admit, I just wanted to quickly say I'm really loving everything to do with Billy Kay. She's just brilliant the way she's promoting herself, everything. I really do hope that she does get some form of push or or or, or um, showing soon. Um, but I did not realise that I'd missed the Iconics until they were gone, and I deeply re- regret the fact that Vince decided to split them up. Uh, it was just, it was, it was money, money, and that iconic. It was just yeah. so good. Uh, anyway, thoughts on the match? Like I said, Kofi had his teeth knocked out by a, a knee to the face, and like I said, 17 years ago, or 17 years since, Benjamin was tag team champion with Charlie. Does the time go? Of course, Benjamin dedicated this to uh, Shad Gaspar as well, which again is a, a fantastic thing to do. Uh, out yeah. of five for this, out of five for this match, what are you going to score it? I'm going to score it a four. I I can't agree. I can't disagree. Like I said, at the moment TLC, the the main show itself is just delivered match after match, and this is another one. A great tag team match. Right team one. Hurt business have all the gold. It's set up brilliantly for the new year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to give that a strong four. And um, prediction-wise, well, Brandon came back and he uh, did the Hurt Business. But I also did, well, we did Hurt Business as well. So it's 4-2 there. Poll-wise, Hurt Business got 63% of the vote. Uh, And then we see Sami Zayn doing his best Tom Cruise impersonation backstage. Uh, Talk about how unhappy he is and how unprofessional everybody is. And then we move on to match five, which is tag team championships how we got here well lana was targeted by the champs and needed a partner so of course oscar stepped up unfortunately lana was injured so that means she needs a new partner i know you're probably oscar's uh, biggest fan what were your thoughts on this matchup and oscar's treatment because we've talked about this a couple of times now mm, yeah we have um so i went into this pay-per-view already kind of having not I wouldn't say spoilers ruined for me but you know we all heard the rumors um and I sort of pretty much kind of figured that they'd be true as well um so look 
I just want to make one thing clear. I don't actually have an issue with Charlotte Flair. I think she's a phenomenal wrestler. I think she has some of the greatest feuds. I think she is great at building people up, although she doesn't do it that much. Um, however, yeah, I've got... Uh, this goes back to from what we've even talked about before at WrestleMania. I have got an issue with you deciding to team up someone who, in my opinion... Uh, still has uh unfinished blood with with oscar and that is charlotte flair considering she kind of lost her streets where i think it's like twice now that she's lost the title to charlotte flair or lost um uh, within those sort of big big matches um you know even if she was to come back and then feud with oscar you know i would have liked to have seen that even but them as tag team partners are I'm really not pleased with that. I kind of would have actually even been more happier with the payoff of having Lana actually become a, a champion with Oscar. I would have preferred go, them go down that route with her. Even if they did want to, uh, Charlotte to return, I don't think it needed to be in this fashion. And to have her return and on the same night um, then get given the title as well, it, it really does show privilege that is given throughout the company and I it just doesn't sit well with me and that's again nothing to do remotely with Charlotte or or her profession she's great at what she does but that is my honest opinion I think <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's fine it's fine but this whole point we we you know you can uh vent any frustration but I think for me like Oscar's been Royal Women's Champion now since kind of money in the bank and they've not done a lot with her you know the storyline she was involved in the banks and Bailey thing I was involved in the Lana thing, and it seems like mm. even the, the tag team titles, the women's tag team titles, uh, are secondary and get used as a cha- with the championship, um, much like yeah. it did. And it's like, no, yeah. you you don't have to interconnect it. It can be different, you know. It, it really can. I mean, Oscar has, you know, without a doubt, anyone could actually back me up when I say Oscar has pretty much been carrying Raw for the women's side since the departure of Becky. Um, and not only that, but she's delivered great content. However, she is not being allowed to kind of have those individual feuds and continuously has been sort of like now being pushed into this uh, sort of tag team division. But when we've got so many other women a plethora of women that should uh, deserve opportunities and are already tag teams that could have been having such great feuds already. We did, we could have done with having Oscar have her own sort of limelight, but I feel that was overshadowed by the return of Charlotte. And that's not a problem that is Charlotte, but again, you then stuck a title straight on her. And it's like, you know, we don't always, Charlotte Flair is one of those uh, wrestlers, again, just like AJ Styles, that doesn't necessarily need a title on her to be great or to be a part of great matches or great feuds so there's no need for it but then just seeing the way that it's handed to her just doesn't sit right with people and I know that there's a lot of Twitter hate out there uh, for for the way that she returned I don't have hate with her returning I actually really enjoy a lot of her matches and I think she's a great wrestler but I do have an issue with them sort of teaming her up with Oscar I, I don't think that was needed at all well, it's about three things now. First off, the thing that annoyed me is in my head on, on Thursday, Friday, I had Charlotte as the mystery partner. And then the news mm. broke over the weekend. And I thought, well, if I say that now, I'm just going to look like I've copied everybody else. You know, so next yeah. time I do it, 
I'm just going to take a picture so I can timestamp it. Um, the thing about Oscar, yes, she's kind of misconsistent, shall we say, of the, the yeah. women's division these past couple of years. And I think at some points she could become secondary because you go, well, she's all right like that anyway, so we can focus on, on this. The whole point mm. of Charlotte coming back is I, I've been a Charlotte hater more than anybody, uh, especially mm. you don't know how dark that day was. She beat Oscar at WrestleMania for me, you know. Yeah. But it, the it, level of, with me still. Well, I say I'm not over it, but the level of consistency Charlotte has shown in big match situations and pay-per-views, you can't deny mm. that. But don't yeah. book her like you would a John Cena or Roman Reigns when she's been away for six months and the fans might actually be happy to see her. You give her a championship and then shove her down her throat straight away. You know, exactly. That's and that's kind of booking. what they've done. I just, it just, I, you know, I was just, I knew what they were going to do. But I, w- I weren't really happy with it. So like we said, we get yeah. on to the match of the champions. You know, I, really, I really would actually have preferred her to have interrupted Sasha Banks' match and just, you know, kind of set herself up to have a feud with Sasha. I would have preferred that than, than her returning as Oscar's partner, to be honest. Yeah, uh, so we're going to get on to that in a minute. We know what's going to happen. But anyway, the champions make their entrance first. The W can view Oscar's partner as, like you said, as Charlotte Flair. Um, Oscar and Basler started off with a nice exchange of strikes and takedowns. Um, the Queen asked for a tag. The Empress was happy to oblige. Charlotte ran May style with a clothesline and tried to lock the figure four right away. Basler got her feet and tagged in jacks. Flair brought her to the corner in a headlock. So she tagged Oscar. The irresistible force easily counted the sunset flip and hit a big headbutt. She threw Oscar's shoulder into the post and then held her down so Basler could stomp on her left arm. She manipulated the joints of the Empress to cause more pain. Now, I don't like Basler. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like her as a worker. Uh, I love Oscar. And when Oscar was kind of not screaming out in pain, but I was going, come on, Oscar. you're." And, and in my head, I'm going, you're much stronger than, than Basler's kind of joint manipulation. You know what you're doing. And I feel myself getting lost into the match of actually yeah. like a legitimate contest going, no, Oscar, you're better than Basler. Don't let her, don't let her take you down. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> But see, so I actually, um, I've, so Shayna Baszler's grown on me, to be honest. Um, I, I wasn't um, impressed at first, and I feel like uh, she has grown on me, but not a part of this storyline as a singles person. To be honest, they were going the right way with her uh, when they were building up that feud with her and Nia Jax, having Nia Jax taking out, you know, her friends like Marina and um, Jessamine. Um, you know, they were going that right way. And then all of a sudden they just did a 360 and then had them pair together. So for me, I've always, I've not been a fan of this. But the one thing I will give WWE is that they did, you know, when it comes to continuity, they did bring the only reason why they brought Charlotte into this probably is because of the fact that they they went with the sort of, you know, Nia Jax injured her. um, So she wants her revenge sort of thing. So you've got to give them credit for that. But at the same time, I feel like we would get such a great match between just one-on-one between Shayna and Oscar, I feel like that is the feud that we should be building at this stage. Yeah, I think the chain wrestling involved in that, and we even saw it a little bit in this match as well, where, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you went for the the Oscar lock, but uh, we see the champions dominating Oscar for a long time before she was able to make the tag to uh, the Queen. We see Ric Flair showing backstage watching, because that's what you want in these times, uh, a 70-year-old man who's not been well. Charlotte still needs to have her hand held, yeah. Well, it's not just—it's like he is a high risk, and they're wheeling him out to be backstage, you know. And it's like yeah. it's not—it's not worth. He's not being well, 
You know, it's no. like... And I, it, is it really necessary for him to be there, really? I, I'm pretty sure, Charlotte, could get it done without him needing to be there. But again, that's all just for show. That's all just for, you know, uh, everyone to sort of like pick up on and things like that. But sometimes these things aren't needed. And right. and if anything, all you're doing is just putting an old man at risk. That's what I'm saying, exactly. And uh, we see Charlotte unloading on Jax for chops. She hit a big boot for a two count. She took out both opponents with a moonsault. I mean, that was classic flair. And then Jax was able to count the figure four. Oscar then made a blind tag and hit a missile drop kick. Baszler came in and tried to apply the Kirifu to clutch. Flair tagged back in and put Baszler in the figure eight. Jax pulled Charlotte's arm out from under her so Baszler could break the hold. The Queen then hit natural selection for the pin to win the women's tag team titles with Oscar. Uh, beating Baszler, I thought maybe they would protect her, but obviously they're doing mm. it with, with Jax. And I thought it was kind of just over then. You're going, oh, oh the match is yeah. over, you know? I kind of I, I was disappointed with having Baszler take the pin because I do feel like, you know, again, as I just said about um, having Baszler become a potential singles feud threat for Oscar and considering the storyline of, well, Nia Jax was the one who injured Charlotte. I I felt like it would have been better for Charlotte to have pinned Nia. Um, and I also don't feel like Nia needed to. I felt like Nia should have been the one to take the pin. Um throughout all of this storyline so that did come across disappointing to me however I'm just hoping now they're going to actually kind of do things the right way I really would love to see Shayna get a singles uh, push and then slowly build her up as a, a potential threat for Oscar but do you think that uh, this will just mean that Charlotte is going to take the title of Oscar at some point? I'm really hoping that they're not going to do this. We've seen this so much, like you know, especially recently with uh, you know the Oscar and Bailey um, and 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 even Otis and Tucker. We've seen so many sort of partners turning on one another. I think right now Charlotte just needs to. I feel like this this tag team. Uh, win for them needs to be short-lived and I feel like Charlotte needs to kind of be preoccupied with something else for the moment I I I don't really want to see her immediately go into a feud with Oscar that's not something that I want to see building up towards Wrestlemania I've just got a whole you know when you get that horrible feeling in your stomach (laughs) and I'm just like don't don't make me do the inevitable and be done with WWE don't 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 do this to me please (laughs) Uh, well, out of five for that match, uh, I'm going to give that three and three quarters out of five. Like I said, it wasn't a bad match, but I think it was the whole point of Charlotte's return, Charlotte getting a win, Charlotte is champion, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm going to give it a 3.5, and the only reason why it's as high as it is is purely for everything we got with Oscar, because as you said, she is my number one. Um, however, it, it, did, it could have been higher if the partner hadn't been... Um, Charlotte Flair I really would have sufficed with having Oscar win the titles even alongside Lana I would have actually happily felt like that that story that arc would have been fully finished and told then um, especially with everything that's been given to Lana I felt like she was kind of cheated out of potentially having that title win um, and to be honest I don't understand why they didn't go with her so yeah it's gonna have to just stay at 3.5 for me yeah, I completely agree with you there. Prediction-wise, Brandon went Oscar, and so did the WNR, so it's five free on predictions. Poll-wise, Oscar got 80%. And then we see a really weird advert, uh, Drew versus 2020. You see 2020 going around just yeah. beating everybody up oh, and then getting beaten up. 
2021 saved the day. I thought I was tripping out at one point. What were, you, I, what were your thoughts? I have no idea what 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 WWE thought they were doing, thinking that was a great idea to do that. But I was actually horrified by it. It was just that, so I, weird. That was the worst advert of 2020, in my opinion. Seriously. <laughs> I was it going, was awful, oh my god. It was it was actually awful. They really didn't need to do that. We all know 2020 has been a shit year, but that, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. No, I think I think that is fair. <laughs> then see Biggie uh, backstage. Uh, Sami Zayn confronted him, and uh, Biggie get a little bit serious. Do you think we will see Biggie lose it at one point, uh, or does he need to lose it? Because I think the thing about Biggie that I like so much is that he's not a generic kind of angry big man. Yeah, he's got I, all these different character things. I, I still, again, personal opinion, but I still believe that we don't really need to do much changing with Big E. I mean, as you as you saw that little stint between him and Sami Zayn, he can be, like, funny but serious at the same time. And that's kind of what we need at the moment. We don't need one who's ultimately serious and then one who's a complete goofball that keeps losing all the time. Like, we can actually have someone who's genuinely funny in a, in a title reign and in a title picture, uh, regardless as to whether or not it's the Intercontinental or the tag teams. So I feel like the, the, I don't want them to change E too much, but I feel like when he needs to, he will show us how serious he can get. And I believe that everyone will will appreciate the seriousness that E gets on the on the occasions that it comes out. But I think them trying to kind of make him too serious would actually take away from how much love that he's got um from the from the wwe audience at the moment yeah i completely agree so we move on to match six and it's universal title how did we get here well owens is a family man but reigns is head of the table um what are your thoughts on this feud and where do you see owens on the card or just in general because a lot of people there's a lot of you know we talk about twitter and and other people some people see him as a main eventer some of the scenes in mid card. I mean, what are your thoughts? I really was worried uh, because I love Kevin Owens personally. I think whichever feuds he's actually ever in, he he's ever in, uh, it, it's just he always makes them great. Um, he's he always brings great content, great storyline, um, and sometimes can save certain storylines as well. Um, so I've always been a fan of his. However, I really <laughs> worried about him going into this match, considering how much. He got beat up on the SmackDown at Go Home show uh, beforehand. So I really did actually worry about what kind of condition he his body realistically was in for this match going into it. And we all kind of like knew or had an underlying feeling that, you know, there was going to be more involvement than just Roman in this match. So, yeah, there, there was a slight worry me going into this match. I think the thing with Owens, he's proven that he can do a lot of things. You know, like I look at Kurt Angle as a kind of wrestler where he could be funny and sadistic and, you know, all these different type of things. And I think Owens has definitely got that uh, when it comes to it. And I think, you know, with the stunner and the way he was with Shane McMahon in the feud, I think they could have gone, right, let's go with him. But they never have. And I think as a face, as a heel, and much like Sami Zayn, I think these two guys can do a lot more than just thing. Um, yeah. Again, the, the beating that he took and the story leading up to it, again, was quite good. And Owen saying to Heyman, you know, like you've seen the punishment I can take in matches that don't matter. Mm. And with everything on the line, you know, what do you think I'm going to do? Um, yeah. Interest, interesting enough, Reigns has lost the TLC for the WWE Championship against Sheamus 
at TLC 2015. And then December 18th, 2016, WWE roadblock in December, obviously. Owens beat Reigns by DQ Universal Championship. So that was four years ago. And of course, Owens would then go on to lose to Goldberg in, what, 30 seconds and get squashed. Uh, I I thought the, the story was there for Owens to beat Reigns and then go on and say, right, Goldberg, let's have that match that I've always wanted. You know, let's have the rematch. I knew they weren't, but it was there for them to do it, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, agreed. Um, I, but again, I also feel like this was, um, you know, sort of one of those storylines that was just really encapsulating. Again, Kevin Owens just can do really well in storylines. Um, and these are the type of storylines that worked re- work in his favor. I think a lot of people were on his side, especially with kind of the way Roman's treatment is of, or or has been of his cousin. But at the same time, um right now Roman is on is just on doing so well um and this is like a complete new different Roman that I think anyone's ever seen um in this business so far so it's really exciting to see where things are going to be taken with him I think we have that and I think there's a lot of that in WWE at the moment you know when we look on Sasha Banks as uh you know Smackdown Women's Champions uh her business go along and raw now Oscar of course is women's champion you know there's, there's a kind of if they, they can mess it up but there's a, a lot of bricks in places so to speak that they can work on in, in 2021 maybe that advert's right you know maybe 2020 yeah. will be out in the video uh, anyway on to Roman Reigns came out with Paul Heyman by his side to course to defend the Universal title the Tribal Chief watched closely as the title was raised above the ring and Kyle appeared out of nowhere to attack him while he was distracted he beat down the big dog and hit a cannonball in the corner he followed Reigns out of the ring and hit another cannonball against the barricade he got in the open for a fog splash for grabbing a ladder and putting it in the ring now, for me, Owens was showing shades of uh, Mick Foley and Stone Cold. In a way, I know, obviously, people go, oh, the stunner. Well, that's Austin. But it's kind of every man, you know, this blue chipper of, uh, you look at Owens, and even with me, you go, I can relate to Owens because I probably look like more than Kevin Owens than I do Roman Reigns. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so okay. then, and even the, the kind of jumping off the uh, the turnbuckle onto the, the apron is a bit like Mick Foley as well. And of course, Roman Reigns, yeah. we talk about how good he's been with shades of kind of the rock and, and those type of characters with the confidence as yeah. well, you know? Yeah, definitely. I have to agree with you there. Uh, anyway, Jay Uso ran down to help. He was able to take him out with a chair, hit Reigns for good measure for going back to Uso and stomping on his ankle to neutralise him for as long as possible. Kevin Owens on fire, baby. He then hit a drive-by dropkick to Owens as official hate Uso to the back. The champion used a set of steel stairs to do some damage, and Heyman watched with his mouth a gag as the brutality. Reigns used the ladder as a weapon for bringing some chairs into the ring. He ended up putting Owens through the chairs with a back body drop before he tossed him out of the ring. That was brutal, but the prize it really, back. It was crazy. It was it, it was one of those moments where you just really couldn't, couldn't keep yourself quiet, and you have to kind of react to to that pain. The prize fight though came back in with a chair and beat down the champion and both men were playing their roles. We talk about the kind of defiant, you know, baby face and Kevin Owens never giving up and Roman Reigns of kind of this cocky kind of, you know, superheroes going, I don't really have to do a lot. It was played to perfection again. It was agreed. Uh, well, then the chair was set up and Owens hit a fisherman suplex to range right on it. Even Heyman was shocked by the look on his face. Uso showed up again to prevent him from climbing the ladder. He had some greatest expressions <laughs> on his face throughout the whole of that match. <laughs> it's just the way he's going. I, I, it's like Heyman is 
a, a genius in a way where he can do, like you said, with just one look, you know exactly what he's thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we see Uso trying to prevent uh, Owens from climbing the ladder. The tribal chief hit a Superman punch and Uso grabbed the table, but KO hit Reigns with a stunner and Uso with a super kick out of desperation. He put the ladder back up and tried to climb, but Uso again pulled him and then under the ropes, but Owens powered him powerbombed him through the announce table and at this point I thought Owens had actually had it because you got Reigns yeah. down he's taken Uso out and you're thinking come on um, KO and Reigns fought in the ring until the champ powerbombed the challenger onto a ladder bounced at the, the bounce of a man weighing what 300 pounds we talked yeah. about AJ Styles earlier Owens was it was even sicker um, if he doesn't have any broken bones um, after this I'm, I'm, I'm going to be deeply shocked that the the back bump was worse on the ladder when they, they missed it on the the first time I could have shown a replay. Yeah. There was no give whatsoever, no give, and I was just went bang. Yeah, it was harsh. <laughs> well, the big dog brought about the ring and put him through another table, and then a Simone dropped through another. Uh, Reigns went in for the title, but KO grabbed his foot. The champion laughed as he climbed back down to do what he saw as merely a nuisance. Owen slapped him and Reigns speared him through a table. Was it maybe one last act of defiance for Owens? But somehow KO got back to his feet uh, outside the ring and told Reigns we'd have to kill him. The title holder lined up for a spear, but moved and he went through the barricade. The prize fighter climbed the ladder, but Reigns managed to grab his leg and pull him down. Owens hit two super kicks and a pop-up powerbomb attempt counted into a Superman punch, but Owens managed to do it a second attempt. And he pop-up powerbombed him through a table. Uso then stops him from taking down the title and gave the tribal chief enough time to climb up and choke KO on top of the ladder. Reigns grabbed the title to get the win. Uh, what a match. Personally, I think Owens should have won. Could have switched the title back to Reigns either in New Year or Rumble, and it would have helped Owen's character out so much, you know? Yeah, I mean, I again, I didn't see a title change happening here, but it was so close. I mean, you were really kind of on edge, really wondering whether or not that title change was really going to happen. Um, I'm not I'm not totally mad at the fact that Owens didn't win this. I still think that he, he came across as so credible. That man would not stay down. He, he took so many bumps. He took so many hits. You just think to yourself, like, you know, it, could there be more potentially coming from this? Like, you know, this is one of those ones where I'd be excited um if and and I wouldn't be surprised if they had you know KO go away you know and have some time off um you know and and say you know there was a full-on injury from this and then revisit this feud again um because I think both of them just worked so well together uh it was just again probably the the best match for me in my opinion well this felt like a main event match I mean I thought how can they possibly follow this destruction that we've just seen you know yeah, I mean, I, I actually think this should have been the main event, personally. Well, after what happened in the main event, which we're going to get on to, I think I can see why. They, but at, at that point in time, I'm going, well, there's no way they're going to follow this. You know, yeah. and, then, and then the white match said, hold my beer, I suppose. But um, <laughs> out, out of five, uh, what would you give this match? So I gave that 4.5. I would have to say this is, uh, I'm going to give it four and three quarters out of five. I think it was better than the first TLC match of the the evening. Yes, Uso's interference could have annoyed me, but it's all part of the story, which I can always appreciate, you know. Um, Reigns 
by my count, has delivered a near enough match of the year quality uh, match on pay-per-view since his return. Yeah, the payback triple threat match not, might not have been great, but the one we saw at Night of Champions at Hell in a Cell, Sawasuz against McIntyre and now against Owens. This man is just so on it at the moment, really isn't he? It re- just like we said with Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, since his return, has, has just been on a real high this year. And I'm really excited to see kind of what else he's going to bring next year. I think without doubt. I think it's so, so exciting. A prediction one, we both, well, Brandon went Roman, I went Roman. So it's 6-4 there. So it's basically over and done with what we will do for final scores. Polls range oh. got 65%. Uh, then we then find out the Royal Rumble is the 31st of January. Uh, are you in for that? Yep, I'll be um I'll be watching that for sure. That's one of my favourite uh pay-per-views of the um that, that comes from the beginning of the year, so I'll definitely be on that. Do you want to be on a WNR for that? I mean, like I said, the Rumble is a huge event, isn't it? Yes, that would be great. Yes, amazing. That would be amazing. I'd love to. Like I said, the Rumble is so much fun. How can they possibly muck it up this year? We'll we'll have to find out. Uh, we then find out. <laughs> we then find out Biggie versus Zayn is for the IC title on SmackDown, uh, and also they've announced that steel cage match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. So the feud is continuing for now. How is he able to do this seriously? He was beaten up and pummeled with. Tables, ladders, and chairs on Saturday, on Friday night. Then he actually just went ahead and did the exact same thing and was pummeled with tables, ladders, and chairs on Sunday night. And now you're telling me that on Friday night he's going to go into a hell in a cell? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I don't, you know, management don't like Owen, so I don't know if you can work out that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, you know what? We're just gonna, you're good. Okay, good. No broken bones, great, because you got, a, you got a hell in a cell next week. And don't worry, at the Rumble, you'll be fighting Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking about the Firefly Inferno match, let's get on to our main event. And how did we get here? Well, this dates back to when Orton joined the Wyatts and actually won the tag team titles with Harper at TLC 2016. Orton then burned down the Wyatt compound and took the W title from Bray Wyatt. But the Fiend wanted revenge what are your thoughts on this feud? Uh, 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 I, I just, uh, I wasn't really invested, if I'm truly honest. Um, and it's not um, to be mean. I just, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit overdone um, and overrun with Randy Orton, if I'm being truly honest. Um, and I just kind of have had enough of him for a little while. So I I went into this match with with high hopes, like you know, kind of being more on on the side of Bray Wyatt. Um, and but I also was really um curious as to how they were going to do this. I I presumed it could be potentially back where they had the original match, where it was in like their barn house or something. Um, but of course I was wrong. <laughs> well, this is the thing: the ring announcer, we didn't know. Ring announcer stated the same rules as a normal Inferno match before Orton made his entrance. So it was only called a Firefly Inferno match because Bray Wyatt was involved. Anybody expecting like a cinematic match was disappointed. This affected my predictions as well because I thought The Fiend would win unless it was being set on fire, which then be Orton. But of course, you can't give two predictions. So I just went The Fiend. I want it anyway. It's not a problem. But it, this, you kind of didn't know what you were going into, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Orton was clothed, which again I didn't have a problem with. You know, when he came out, I'm not not saying that. Uh, he took yeah. cages to get to the ring as he normally does as well. Maybe and then the well, go on. <laughs> he really like he's not the Undertaker. He needs to step it up. He's not got a limp. He's got no excuse. It's just like we don't need to actually hear uh, his his how long his entrance theme is. He really just does need to speed things up. Yeah, he's like the sloth in Zootropolis. He just, you know, <laughs> likes to take his... <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, anyway, so the bell rang and both men stared at each other as the Viper circled defeat. He took the first shot, but Wyatt laughed it off like it was nothing. After a while, it hit Sister and Abigail. He motioned and the flames appeared around the ring. Now, this was different setup than most Inferno matches. The fire was by the barricade instead of uh, the and on the apron. It was a cool visual, but made little sense because obviously you wouldn't set fire to someone in the ring. So it was on the barricade on there. What were your thoughts on the setup when you first saw it? Um, I mean, I, 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 again, I don't really know if I'm impressed by these type of matches. Um, not only is it really kind of just dangerous to play with fire, especially with 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 um, wrestlers and things like that, but ultimately, again, because of my lack of anticipation towards uh randy orton i just was kind of ready for it to kind of be over and done with so for me i was just kind of watching and hoping it was going to be a short one i was not expecting what we did get though no without doubt we had no commentators at ringside uh wyatt grabbed a belt and lit it on fire he tried to hit orton with it but missed uh, the fiend found a pickaxe under the ring as you do and tried to slay orton with it he doused a rocking chair in gasoline and left the trail leading to it he sat the legend killer in the chair in the trail orton moved at the last second to avoid being lit up i mean what a way that would have been to go you know what i'm saying yeah um, i mean <laughs> uh, i did i did consider to myself is this man actually going to move or is he just going to let himself be you know on fire i i didn't know i hesitated for a second there it was the quickest he's moved in like 15 years so i mean yeah. that is that is quite <laughs> coming out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. that's what you need to do just following with petrol exactly. him up a little bit um anyway like you said though fire can't be controlled and that's what's really scary about this is the fact that yeah. you can't control it even if it's in a certain environment if it wants to go it's going to go you know yeah, yeah. Um, and he, I know they wanted to go out with a bang um, and I get it. It's WWE. So like the dramatics always would is, would be there. However, I, I ultimately I wasn't impressed with with this match. Um, and if anything, I just think that, again, all they've done is is take away everything that is great about The Fiend. Well, this is what we saw here, look, because we um, we had Orton using the axe handle and the steel steps to attack Wyatt. He almost put the Fiend's face into the fire, but Wyatt broke free. He grabbed the axe handle, lit on fire, but Orton knocked it out of his hand. The Fiend applied the mandible claw, but Orton pushed him into flames and set him ablaze. I mean, at this point, I was going, holy shit. One of the things I did notice and uh, was the Thunderdome was repeating fate, obviously, because it was filmed. They only had yeah. to use, you know, a couple of faces and stuff like which, again, is fine. But like I said, when he had Mandible Claw on and he was on fire, I was like, oh, fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those yeah, moments yeah. where I kind of was I, like, they're taking it a little bit too far, in my opinion. Like, um, you know, we all like a bit of kayfabe, but, the, you know, that's what we get with, you know, them giving us this fake relationship with Buddy Murphy um, and uh 
uh, Aaliyah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to, you know, sort of actually setting a man on fire, um, I don't think we needed to go that route. Um, and if anything, it, it just made me go, oh, come on, at the end of this match, because again, you gave it to Randy. Uh, I just feel ultimately this is what continues to happen with the Fiend's character. And I don't understand how they want him to come across as this, like, you know, maybe like just as the Fiend, not as Bray Wyatt, but as the Fiend come across as a really um, crazy uh, wrestler to to bring out in, in Bray Wyatt, one that like could be like undefeated, like um, the Undertaker um, and only comes out at certain events. And yet yeah, again, yeah. He, he's been buried. You know, it kind of reminds me of that awful Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins um, and just the disappointment I felt from that, you know? Well, this is the thing. The Fiend should be used as uh, to squash people rather than having a kind of normal match. I think this is something they've kind of yeah. missed the boat on. Uh, again, yeah. I thought the visual of him in flames as he's walking towards Orton, you know, the Fiend running at Orton and Orton hitting the RKO yeah. as the flames hit him was yeah. crazy. But I'm yeah. going, I just hope people don't look at that, you know, especially kids and go, oh, let's play in the fireplace this year, you know, because that's what they've just yeah. done there. And then yeah. after the match was over, the commentators are going, well, Walters definitely won this. And then Randy Orton grabbing the gas can, bouncing the fiends, and then getting the matches. And you're going, no, he's not actually going to do this. Some, someone's yeah. going to stop him. You, you, like, you can hear even Samoa Joe getting like working, getting worked up from all of this as well. And I'm just thinking they're not they're not going to do this. And then dropping that match and the fiend going up in flames. I mean. The shot of him burning the ring and then you see Orton kind of celebrating this. I would say in all my years, apart from Mick Foley coming off the top, that is probably the most shocking thing I've seen. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, I was not thinking that they were going to go that far. Um, Obviously, I I can probably admit that a lot of people are presuming or already know that that wasn't obviously Bray Wyatt himself (laughs) being doused on fire. Um, However, just that imagery towards the end of it. And again, we're still in this sort of era of WWE entertainment. Yeah, you just kind of had your wrestler commit murder technically on stage like how do we go back from that how how is Bray Wyatt really supposed to come back from that and you are you really just going to go with this whole oh he says supernatural being so he can't die from fire sort of thing like this is this is taking I I I feel like it's taken it a, a step too far in terms of what you're supposed to be doing with Bray as a as a wrestler now what, what where's the outcome what's the outcome with this what, how are we going to get Bray or the Fiend back again because surely the Fiend should die from this. You, do you see where is, yeah. like if, they've, if, they've really dropped the ball again? If the Fiend just pops up in two weeks' time with not marking him, then people are going to cry bullshit. And, and I think that's the problem with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the thing is, this was completely, you know, it's weird because uh, Dub and I recently we watched Vampiro setting Sting on fire at the Great American Bash and dropping him 40 feet. The way the commentators yeah. reacting and it was kind of so comedic. You couldn't. This one was so kind of serious last. Uh, I say last night. Well, you know, serious the event itself. It's not very sinister. It is. It was. It was kind of ter- and Orton's just like the biggest knobhead going because you're going. Well, you've won the match. You haven't got that much of a personal issue with him, and yet you do it. 
Um, the thing and, is, and it, you know, I mean, like, is, is no one gonna, you know, no one backstage gonna actually turn around to Orton and just actually remind him you practically have just committed murder? Yeah, we're gonna put you under arrest now because you know that's what happens. Uh, yeah, and this is the thing, you know, this is say you get the police around. You know, if Austin got arrested for stunning McMahon, then setting a the guy on fire, and like I said, back in the day. Kane's arm caught a light and straight away he'd run to the back or wherever it was or you set a casket alight with the Untaker in but you wouldn't see the Untaker or you'd think he's in there. You wouldn't actually see the Untaker getting set alight. Exactly. Um, is this the end, like I said, the end of the Fiend character? Are we just going to see Bray Wyatt returning as the, the normal Bray Wyatt? Um, or, you know, because the Fiend now, that you can't really bring it back now, can you? Well, I mean, this is this is what I thought but then, you know, if if we just shortly, real quick, bring up the fact of what we saw on Raw, I'm I now have no idea what to think, and I'm just like, you know, WWE, you've gone from being a a a, a sports show to a wrestling entertainment show to now a supernatural horror show. Mm. Where are they going with this? And and this is my question, um, because for me, th- this is not working and i really wanted you know the fiend to work i really enjoy him and uh, and everything that he's brought bray has done such an amazing job with this but again i don't know who wrote that 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 ending or decided that it would be good for randy to win this but they were wrong in my opinion the the thing is is that you know if john cena was the batman to white's joker so to speak and he was the one that made him kind of turn into this in the first place as we know with Batman, he could never kill the Joker. Whereas Orton, it's not only he burnt down and killed the Wyatt character, but he's yeah. he's literally done that to the Fiend. So why have we given Randy Orton this got the Fiend character, the most dominant guy in the past year and a half? Why have we sacrificed it to? Yeah, Randy was like losing to the likes of Drew McIntyre and Edge, and I just think again we we've just had too much Orton. Like we've had so many main feuds where he's been in the main picture and I don't think that it was needed like the, him with this win so for me I, I I felt like the the best thing for him to have done was to actually have a break and lose this match and have a break and come back a little bit you know like in time and stuff and maybe like things feuds would work then but it just feels like he's just there you know um and he's starting to feel like he's just kind of forced in our faces and now even with this win like it's just I don't know where they're going to go with Randy Orton from here, but I'm also kind of not excited to see where it goes from here with him. So I would, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the Fiend character, but I don't yeah. really want Orton. Like I said, where can he go from this? Is he going to be in a Rumble match and we get Edge return and they kind of do it like this? Don't have him challenging uh, McIntyre again, obviously on Raw. No, I'm done with that. You know, so it's, it's like, like what, what do you do you now? Need a break. What what are you, what are they going to do with him now? I really don't know. That's an interesting He's thing. Um, the more legends for him to kill or kick in the head, you know. That's what I say. He's, he's going to be known as a fire starter now. Go around setting a light to wrestlers. Like without. <laughs> actually, I don't want to give him. I don't want to give him an idea. Actually, no, don't don't no, do no, that. Give him that idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, retribution a set of light next week on Raw. Oh I suppose it won't be a bad thing. Anyway, out of five for that main event match. Yeah, that's good. That that's going to be my lowest score. Unfortunately, I'm going to give that a three. That's fair enough. I'm going to give it a three and a half. The the, the visual at the you know at the end of it uh, will 
haunt me for a very long time but I don't know if it's going to be in a good yeah. way or a kind of bad or, agreed uh, anyway prediction wise Brandon went fiend WNR went the fiend so the final scores were six four to the WNR we had our revenge but very well played friend uh, poll yep. 61% went fiend uh, and like we say we talk about the event as a whole uh, what was your match of the night? Because I know you went with a couple of uh, four and a half. My match of the night was Reigns versus Owens overall. I have to agree with you. I was going to say overall it would be Reigns versus Owens. I think that was the highlight. Even though I did score a couple of them the same, um, I do think that one was probably the top of the 4.5 scores in my, for me. I think my person of the night will be The Fiend. And when we find out how it was made, whether it will be Bray in the costume itself or whoever the unlucky stunt man was, credit yeah. for them to actually be set alight up until the moment. Obviously, they, they switched it. But that kind of visual of him burning as he's holding Orton is, was incredible, you know? Yeah, my shout out is going to go to Kevin Owens because I think he's just, you know... I think I think he I think Jesus needs to be on his side for this this next uh, week. Uh, so you know, Godspeed with him, and you know, I'm I'm hoping that he can maybe come out on top this time around. Um, but if not, we'll see we'll see on on Friday, won't we? We will indeed. So, what is your score then out of ten? Um, I'm going to give this overall an eight because I've, I really enjoyed every single match um, on, on the card. Um, I don't think there was one that was actually below a rank three for me. I think overall, um, wrestling wise, everyone delivered. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine just for that case. And, and I'll, I'll kind of look at pay-per-views and I think, is there a match that kind of stood out? And you've got the TLC matches, the tag team match was great. The women's match was, was fantastic. And you've got that moment at the end with uh, mm. the fiend on fire where i think yeah. it's definitely i think in the last three or four months with wwe they've kind of really worked out how to do shows without crowd and with the thunderdome and i think especially the shows that we've done together like hell in a cell is uh, a great one as well uh, as far as yeah. it's really well put together and i think tlc is really really good so i'm going to give that a nine as well oh, okay great uh, so just quickly, I want to talk about what happened on Raw because uh, we had the Miz's promo. He had Miz TV and he apologised to AJ Styles about, you know, taking the opportunity uh, and how he wants to be back on top. And and the thing about the Miz that I really like of, of course, he's very unlikable, but he's having to work hard and throughout his career, he's probably had to work twice as hard as others because of people just his unlikability, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed his promo on Raw this week. I thought it was, you know, it was really uh, touching to actually see the passion come out from from the Miz on that front. Um, and I do think he is uh, one of the harder workers uh, when it comes to the wrestling business. Um, so I I do hope that we get to see more from the Miz. Um, I do like I don't like the possibility or the idea of him like you know uh, trying to get back the briefcase and claim that it wasn't. Uh, put in but I, do, I am ready to see a Miz and Morrison feud well that doubt like I said he apologised to Styles and said both men were robbed uh, because he blew it he offered Styles a role in the next Marine movie as well which is quite funny uh, yeah, and then he said like I said and then he said Morrison uh, cashed it in for him and he thought he should get the contract back so again that might be another wrinkle but it by it sounds in my head maybe it will lead to like a, a fatal four-way or four-way match or maybe something a little bit more uh, yeah. later on down the road with them, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, we then had. Hope. Yeah, exactly. I've said there's hope. That's what, that's what we need. And then Orton came out and said he'd been called a lot of things during his career. Um, but he did burn the fiend alive. He spoke about the smell of burning flesh. Oh, this is just a nice sit your kid down and, uh, you know, kids down at Christmas. And let's talk about the burning flesh and the smell of it in the ring. And the voices in Orton's head as he heard the sound of Wyatt gasping for his last breath. OK, yep. night, kids. You know, like yeah. what the it, Yes. <laughs> Again, I'm just so done with Orton. I don't need to see him so much. <laughs> well the lights dropped and then the usual sounds that accompany the fiend echo and then we see alexa bliss sitting there on the swing set she said white built it for her and she invited orton to play she speculated where the fiend could be at this very moment and made some jokes about him being burned she said white was home now but if he ever came back it would be like nothing orton had ever seen the lights went out and she stared him straight in the eye uh, i just hope at the rumble it's not fiend versus orton again i just hope me too I, again, I, it was really nice to see Alexa Bliss back. I'm, I'm not sure where she had been for the past couple of weeks and just a bit annoyed that she wasn't kind of still included in this storyline. However, again, I'm really curious to see what they're going to be doing because I don't want The Fiend to be ruined or squashed. But at the same time, realistically, this man can't come back. Like he's just been set on fire in front of us. Like, we can't really believe that he's coming back. So it's, it is a question of what are they doing next? And also on Raw as well, we saw a bit of a mix up between uh, Keith Lee and Seamus with uh, McIntyre involved there as well. I mean, what were your thoughts on Raw? I mean, it was quite a drab show, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really. Um, I, I must admit, I uh, didn't watch the last half an hour of uh, the uh, Raw, so uh, but I did see the clash between Sheamus and Keith Lee, and you know, I I I don't mind seeing a um you know a potential uh, fatal uh what's it called um match between between Sheamus and Keith Lee, but I mean I feel like the storyline's being forced. That's that's how it is coming across to me so far. Yeah, without doubt. But like I said, uh, what we saw from TLC leads us to be excited about the new year uh, with with what we see now. And of course, on SmackDown, we've got, uh, like I said, the IC title on the line and the steel cage match between Owens and Reigns. So that should be quite fun. But that is it for uh, TLC and our episode today. Of course, our follower of the week is T. Jay Andrews. You can follow us across all social media, the Dubbinar Podcast on Twitter. Um, do you want to plug your Twitter and everything like that? Yep. So I'm um, my I'm Jaxie at Jaxie Scarlet on Twitter, and um, I'm part of the O Face Wrestling team as well. So they are at O Face Wrestling. And of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram, the WNR podcast, across all Google platforms. I'll say that again, across all Google platforms, even. Send us email at podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, the WNR podcast, with latest clips and podcasts at the same time. And YouTube is to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Stitcher and iTunes, make it download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode is the NXT WNR Awards with the mind of Monty. Uh, but I have been James Rowland since today. I was joined by the excellent Jaxie Scarlett. Uh, thanks for listening, and thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks for listening, and bye. <laughs>